Chapter Twenty Four of Scarhaven Keep. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Scarhaven Keep by Joseph Smith Fletcher. Chapter Twenty Four: The Torpedo Boat Destroyer. Before Vickers and his companions had recovered from the surprise which this extraordinary cool message had given them, the men had bundled Chatfield across the beach and into the boat and were pulling quickly back to the pike. Audrey broke the silence with a ringing laugh. <laughs> Captain Andreas is certainly the perfection of polite pirates, she exclaimed. More food, more wraps, and books and papers. Was any marooned mariner ever one half so well treated? What's the fellow mean about no vessel passing here for two more days? growled Copplestone, who was glaring angrily at the yacht. What's he so meticulously correct for? I should say that he's referring to some weekly or bi-weekly steamer which runs between Kirkwall and the mainland, replied Vickers. Well, it's good to know that, anyhow. But wait until the pike's vamoosed again, and we'll make up such a column of smoke that it'll be seen for many a mile. In fact, I'll go and gather a lot of dried stuff now. You two can drag those boxes and things up the beach and see what our jailers have been good enough to send us. He went away up the cliffs, and Audrey and Copplestone, once more left alone, looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> That's right, said Copplestone. What I like about you is that you take things that way. Is it any use taking them any other way? she asked. Besides, I've never been at all frightened, nor particularly concerned. I've always felt that we were only put here so that we should be out of the way while our captors got safely away with their booty, and as regards my mother, I know her well enough to feel sure that she quickly sized things up, and that she'll have taken measures of her own. Don't be surprised if we're rescued through her means, or if she has set somebody to work to catch the predatory pike. Good, said Copplestone, but as regards the pike, I wonder if you observed something during the few minutes she was here. I'm sure Vickers didn't. He was too busy watching Chatfield. So was I, replied Audrey. What was it? I believe I'm unusually observant, answered Copplestone. I seem to see things, all at once, don't you know? I saw that since we made her acquaintance, and were unceremoniously bundled off her, the pike has got a new and quite different coat of paint. And I dare say she's changed her name, too. From all of which I argue that when they got rid of us here, the people who are working all this slipped quietly back to some cove or creek on the Scotch coast, did a stiff turn at repainting, and meant to be off to the other side of the world under new colours. And while this was going on, Andreas, or his co-villain, found time to examine those chests that Chatfield told us of, and when they found that Chatfield had done them, they came back here quick. Now they're off to make him reveal the whereabouts of the real chests. "'Won't they be rather running their necks into a noose?' suggested Audrey. "'I'm dead certain that my mother will have raised a hue and cry after them.' They're cute enough, said Copplestone. Anyway, they'll run a good many risks for the sake of fifty thousand pounds. What they may do is to run into some very quiet inlet, there are hundreds on these northern coasts, and take Chatfield to his hiding place. Chatfield's like all scoundrels of his type, a horrible coward if a pistol's held to his head. Now they've got him, they'll force him to disgorge. Hang this compulsory inactivity! My nerves are all a-tingle to get going at things. Let's occupy ourselves with the things our generous jailers have been kind enough to send us, then. 
suggested Audrey. We'd better carry them up to our shelter. Copplestone went down to the things which the boat's crew had deposited on the beach. A couple of small packing cases, a bundle of wraps and cushions, and some books, magazines, and newspapers. He picked up a paper with a cry which suggested a discovery of importance. "'Look at that!' he exclaimed. "'Do you see? A Scotsman! Today's date! And here, Aberdeen Free Press! Same date!' "'Well?' asked Audrey. "'And what then?' "'What then?' demanded Copplestone. "'Where are your powers of deduction?' why that shows that the pipe was somewhere this morning where she could get the morning papers from aberdeen and edinburgh therefore she's been as i suggested somewhere on the scotch coast all night it's now noon she's a fast sailor i guess she's been within sixty miles of us ever since she left us isn't it more pertinent to speculate on where she'll be when we want to find her asked audrey more pertinent still to wonder when somebody will come to find us answered copplestone as he shouldered one of the cases however there's a certain joy in uncertainty so they say we're tasting it the joys of uncertainty however were not to endure they had scarcely completed the task of carrying up the newly arrived stores to the shelter which they had made in an angle of the rocks when vicar hailed them from a spur of the cliffs and waved his arms excitedly i say you two he shouted there's a craft coming from the southwest. Come up. There, he added a few minutes later, when they arrived, breathless at his side. Out yonder, a mere black blot, but unmistakable. Do you know what that is, either of you? You don't? All right, I do. Ought to, because I'm an RNVR man myself. That's a TBD, my friends. Torpedo boat destroyer. What's more, far off as she is, my experienced eye and sure knowledge tell me exactly what she is. She's a Class H boat built last year. Oil fuel, turbines, runs up to thirty knots. And she's doing em too, just now. Come on, Copplestone, more stuff on this fire. I don't think we need be uneasy, said Copplestone. Miss Grail thinks that her mother will have raised a hue and cry after the pike. This torpedo thing is probably looking round for us. She what's that the sudden sharp crack of a gun came across the calm surface of the sea and the watchers turning from their fire towards the black object in the distance saw a cloud of white smoke drifting away from it hooray shouted vickers she's seen our smoke pillar shove more on just to let her know we understand saved this time anyway Half an hour later, a spick-and-span and eminently youthful-looking naval lieutenant raised his cap to the three folk who stood eagerly awaiting his approach at the edge of the surf. "'Miss Grail, Mr. Vickers, Mr. Copplestone?' he asked as he sprang from his boat and came up. "'Right. We're searching for you. Had wireless messages this morning. Where's the pirate, or whatever he is?' "'Somewhere away to the southward,' answered Vickers, pointing into the haze. He was here two hours ago, but he's about as fast as they make him. And he's good reason to show a clean pair of heels. However, we've ample grounds for believing him to have gone due south again. Where are you from? Got the message off Dunnet Head, and we'll run you to Thurso, replied the rescuer, motioning them to enter the boat. Come on, our commander's got some word or other for you. 
what's all this been he went on gazing at audrey with youthful assurance as they moved away from the shore you don't mean to say you've actually been kidnapped kidnapped and marooned replied vickers and i hope you'll catch our kidnapper he's got a tremendous amount of property on him which belongs to this lady and he'll make tracks for the other side of the atlantic as soon as he gets hold of some more which he's gone to collect the lieutenant regarded audrey with still more interest oh all right he said confidently he'll not get away i guess they've wirelessed all over the place our message was from the admiralty that's sir cresswell's doing said copplestone turning to audrey your mother must have wired to him i wonder what the message is he asked facing the lieutenant do you know something about if you're found to tell you to get south as fast as possible he answered and we've worked that out for you you can get on by train from thurso to inverness and from inverness of course he'll get the southern express we'll put you off at thurso by two o'clock just time to give you such lunch as our table affords bit rough you know so you've really been all night on that island he went on with unaffected curiosity what a lark you'd have had an opportunity of studying character if you'd been with us replied vickers we lost a fine specimen of humanity two hours ago tell about it aboard said the lieutenant we'll be thankful we've been round this end of everywhere coast for a month and we're tired it's quite a godsend to have a little adventure copplestone had been right in surmising that sir cresswell oliver had bestirred himself to find him and his companions they were presently shown his message they were to get to norcaster as quickly as possible and to wire their whereabouts as soon as they were found if as seemed likely they were picked up on the north coast of scotland they were to ask at inverness railway station for telegrams and to inverness after being landed at thurso they betook themselves while the torpedo-boat destroyer set off to nose round for the pike in case she came that way back from wherever she had gone to copplestone came out of the station-master's office at inverness with a couple of telegrams and read their contents over to his companions in the dining-room to which they had adjourned this is from mrs grail he said all right and much relieved by a wire from thurso bring audrey home as quick as possible that's good and this great scott this is from gilly listen just heard from petherton of your rescue come straight and sharp norcaster meet me at the angel big things afoot spurge most anxious to see you important news gilling so things have been going on he concluded turning the second telegram over to vickers i suppose we'll have to travel all night night express in an hour replied vickers we shall make norcaster about five-thirty to-morrow morning then let us wire the time of our arrival to gilling i'm anxious to know what has brought him up there said copplestone and we'll wire to mrs grail too he added turning to audrey she'll know then that you're absolutely on the way i wonder what we're on the way to remarked vickers with a grim smile it strikes me that our recent alarms and excursions will have been as nothing to what awaits us at norcaster what did await them on a cold dismal morning at norcaster was gilling stamping up and down a wind-swept platform and gilling seized on cobblestone almost before he could alight from the train come to the angel straight off he said mrs grail's there awaiting her daughter 
i've worked for you and vickers at once that chap spurge is somewhere about the angel too been hanging round there since yesterday heavy with news that he'll give to nobody but you End of chapter twenty four